every decision they make can have an effect on our lives. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. I never told anybody to lie, not a single time, never. Today, our fellow citizens, our way of life, our very freedom came under attack. America's not the same as it was 100 years ago. The violent mayhem we have seen in the streets and cities that are run by liberal Democrats. This is Our Lives in Politics. With your host, Booker, and co-host, Lou Basada. Another week has passed us, and a few more people have jumped into the crowded Republican presidential primary. Add Chris Christie and Mike Pence to the list. Neither have a shot of actually winning, and they probably know that. They probably have other reasons for running. The first debate is set for August, and it's starting to look like there will have to be another kids' table debate or another night or stage to accommodate everyone on the Republican primary. You know, it's easy to get caught up into all the national political races, but the real change for us comes from the important House and Senate races. And it comes from the important races in our community, for county commission, for mayor, for the school board. All of those can be so important, and right now, probably more important than us talking about the presidential race that will happen in 2024. In this hour, I'm going to introduce you to a candidate for the U.S. Senate in what has become a really tough state for Republicans, and that state is Michigan. Also, we'll hear from former Navy SEAL Craig Sawman Sawyer. You know, Mel Gibson has made a documentary on a child sex trade and trafficking in our country. And Craig has been right on the front lines of that battle for a while. And he's going to be here to share his perspective on a terrible American stain. I'm Booker Scott. Thanks for joining me for Our Lives in Politics on America Out Loud Talk Radio or wherever you listen to your podcasts. We're very thankful that you found us and we hope to always bring you truth and hope in this crazy upside-down world and country we find ourselves living in in 2023. Right now is a time to affect change for our country. We just can't wait until Election Day to show up and vote. If we aren't active now in finding the right candidates and being involved in the process, the only thing we can truly hope for is more of the same. And I'm just not okay with it at this point. In Michigan, there is a candidate for U.S. Senate that was born in a small Midwest town, and he worked hard. He pursued that American dream. Like all of us, it wasn't always easy for him and his family, but his perseverance and grasping for that American dream kept his focus and resulted in great success as an American business owner. And now he feels like it's time to pay back. Michael Hoover is that candidate, and he joins us here now. Uh, Michael, I know you're a busy guy, and thanks for making the time to come here and visit with us here on Our Lives and Politics. Well, thank you so much, Booker. It's great to be with you. So, you know, we're going to start really just in a conversation of what motivates you to go from being, you know, you've had some success and success in, in which it, to me is kind of odd when you consider you're conservative, you're a Republican, but you've made your living a lot in recycling. And I say this quite a bit. I've never met a Republican or a conservative that are not about saving the earth and recycling. It's just the way we've kind of been, they've been forcing us to go about it recently. But what, what makes you want to be a U.S. senator? Well, I think that we're here to do two things. Uh, and I just kind of boil it all down. I think we're here to have children and uh, raise them up in loving, loving homes. 
And I think the second thing that we're here to do is pass on a, an America that's better than what we received. I've got four children. I became a dad when I was 18 years old. So I've dedicated my life to my family. And here we are with the country no longer what it was when I grew up and when, when we were number one in everything that we did. We are now in a place where we're falling off a cliff. And I just look at my four kids and my nine grandchildren. I was asked to run for governor a couple of years ago and it wasn't my time. And, and now this time it is in the U.S. Senate. And I think the, the really the biggest issue we have is in D.C. If we can get that to under control, we can pass the power back to the, the local communities and the local states. But really, it's a, it's about restoring America for our kids and the next generation. That's why I got in. Let's look from a 30,000-foot view. This country, you mentioned just then that this country was number one. It was, too, when I was growing up. We were number one in everything. And now you look in education, we're not. In so many other places, we're even fearful that the dollar may lose its place. And as we see China doing what they are doing. So mm-hmm. how does America, if you go into the Senate... How does America fit into this world in geopolitics at this point? And how do we get back to being number one? Well, that's the, that that's such a big point. Uh, it's critical that we get back to that point. I mean, we, we still are number one. We're still holding on to that. But if you look at how well China has positioned themselves in taking over the number one position, they've said that that's what they wanted to do, and they're doing it. And they're quite clear about what their intent is uh, to make it happen. So what I believe is we have to pull back from China. I think that's the number one thing we have to do as Americans. We have to we have to look at Americans first. We have to look at each other, our husbands, our spouses, our our family, business owners. We have to look at each other as Americans for, and I think first, and I think we're starting to see an American awakening when you see some of the reactions, when we see what happens at, say, you know, Bud Light or Target, Disney, uh, you're starting now the, now the LA Dodgers are on deck, mm-hmm. uh, pun intended, I guess there. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I, I think, you know, the number one risk is the CCP, uh, you know, again, just kind of taking a step back. Back in the mid '90s, we were sending about five to ten billion dollars per year of uh, U.S. dollars for imports. Now we're up over six hundred billion dollars a year, and they've taken that money and they've invested it into their navy and all their military to the point where now in war games we lose on the navy side of things. So I think it's really to help us get get ourselves back we have to maybe pay a little bit more money for an american product we have to buy american uh, we have to pull back from you know buying uh ccp related products we have to encourage our major businesses in wall street to invest more into other countries certainly our you know united states of america was where we'd like it to come and i i just think if you just if there's just one thing if i was just a big scope it. I think that's it. Now, there's a lot of things that need to happen for us to help our economy and help our business environment here at home. But I think that's where we need to go. You know, Michael, as you look at the World Economic Forum and the ESG that is making its way into Mm -hmm. bills here in America, 
And and you see these companies that you mentioned a minute ago. Bud Light is one of those. Uh, Disney is another. So many. Uh, Black Rock would be another one. Um, you saw so many of these countries are no longer really worried about the profit for stakeholders, but more of their social score. And um, that, that's a problem in this country. And, and I'm sure that you are aware of that and will we'll do what you can. But I want to get to some of your top line ideas for your campaign, because, again, I want to use this time to introduce people to you that may not know you across the country. And, you know, you mentioned your family and that's the first thing that's mentioned in your campaign and on your website. And if you would, please tell us that website and then let's talk about families first. Sure. So the website is Hoover for Senate. That's F-O-R. So Hoover, H-O-O-V for victory, of course, E-R-F-O-R-S and Senate.com. And then all of our social media is the same, uh, same tag. It's Hoover for Senate on uh, Facebook and Twitter and Instagram, and I would encourage everybody to go there because we do put out regular posts about policy and and our reaction to some of the things that's going on, like the debt crisis, for example. Uh, But uh, let's talk about the family. So our first thing is to to protect the family. Uh, I think that we can solve most, if not all, if we can return to family values. It's been proven for over 2,000 years that if we have you know a loving home where we have uh, parents that are you know dedicated to uh, and have the ability to <laughs> when I mean have the ability not that they're in a situation where they can't afford to stay home but but, but I think it gets back to we just got to focus on getting and making it so that we can afford to have families we've made things so difficult uh, for families to get by for example in my lifetime cost of living has gone up a thousand percent yet wages in mid 70s were around 24 dollars an hour here we are in 2023 average working wage 24 dollars an hour and that's part and parcel from the very first thing you and i started talking about is we outsourced a lot of our jobs a lot of our manufacturing to uh china and the ccp and people don't sometimes people don't quite understand what that really means like if you go to a manufacturing plant, which I actually worked in, my mom and dad worked, you know, both were factory workers. I worked in the factory for a while, just, you know, while I was getting myself through college. But the uh, the the jobs that are in there, there's a scheduler, there's someone that's in charge of trucking, there's management, there's process engineers, there's manufacturing engineers. There's a slew of amazing jobs that come with the manufacturing sector and we just let that we just let that go, uh, and that's part of you know affecting the the families here certainly here in Michigan and I know throughout the country. Um, but we we also talk about uh, on protecting the family. We talk about law enforcement. Uh, one of the you know just very basic protections of the family. We've demonized uh, law enforcement across our nation to the point where I've visited probably about a dozen different police um, departments across the state. And every single one of them say the exact same thing. They say, we have five jobs open, three jobs open, seven jobs open. That didn't, that never used to be the case. They used to have a line of cadets uh, ready to fill those jobs. And now they cannot fill them because um, people, young men don't want to, and young women don't want to become, go into a profession where now they're attacked, they're demonized. And we have to turn that around. And one of the things we do is with our 
uh, bill is a PR campaign where we just basically show them as the heroes that they truly are. Most of us growing up, you know, we looked at law enforcement and fire department people that um, uh, that were firefighters uh, as heroes. And of course, that's not the place uh, where we live anymore. So now we got to change that. So we call for a PR campaign and uh, where we show them as moms and dads, sons and daughters. Uh, they're also parents uh, of children and they're out there protecting ours. So we know we can do that. And then we also do a bill that says, going to give you a performance award, a national recognition award. So if you drop your crime rate in your uh, county or whatever in department area that you cover, that we're going to nationally recognize you. We're going to give you a nice uh, reward for that. And then we're also going to give you a bonus to share amongst your team that made that happen. Let's, let's go into the economy and inflation. Uh, we're all living yeah. through you know, what is uh, the highest inflation in 40 years, the highest gas prices ever. Uh, the decisions that have been made the last two to three years have crushed us. You mentioned the middle class and jobs and, and how our wages have not really grown uh, through our mm-hmm. lifetime. And uh, that's getting worse. It's not getting better. The middle class is shrinking. And we've seen a great transfer of wealth over the last three to four years uh, coming through yes. COVID. Uh, so what yes, are what are it, some solutions? Geez. Yeah. So just just to add to your thought or your comment there. So uh, over the last, I would say it's probably been taking place over the last twenty years. Um, but the the co- the transfer, the point one percent now has more wealth than the bottom eighty percent. The top one percent has more wealth than the bottom ninety percent. And one of the things that just kind of really irks me, uh, and I'll get to the solutions here in a second, but I just want people to feel my feel me where I'm coming from on this uh, issue. I sometimes hear people on national news talk about how the upper elite pays most of taxes. And I always turn around and say, that's such an idiotic thing to say mm-hmm. because we don't want that. I mean, who? the reason why that's a bad idea or a bad commentary is because that means that you're shrinking to your what you just said. We're shrinking the working class. And we want to build a working class. We want more wealth. We want more opportunity. And so that uh, those taxes, and I'm not a fan of taxes, but we're just in that discussion and framing this discussion, yeah. it's important to say we want more wealth for the working class. So how do we get there? So I, it's really, you know, none of this is really difficult. What the difficult part is um, just getting these things to get done when you're trying to hurt cats in Congress and you know, in the Senate, of sure. course, we can get things done a little cleaner, but because there's less of us, you know, and I think less is more in a lot of cases. And certainly it is the case for government. Government has displaced free enterprise. Government has become mono, uh, a monopoly over almost almost every sector. So certainly healthcare and, and healthcare is, is struggling. Uh, energy has been, is the number one go-to. So if we're gonna fix our economy, we have to turn an about face and protect our energy sources. So that means natural gas, that means renewable gas, that means nuclear. Those are fantastic low cost energies. And that's what's built this country up to be what it is. And now of course you turn around and you, you, they're attacking it so much so that Biden, you know, he said it very clearly. I, you know, I thought it was a campaign thing. Honestly, when I first heard him said that he was going to get rid of fossil fuels and all this other nonsense that he was in, obviously he can't do it. He can't, you know, that can't happen for decades. We don't have the technology 
to make that happen. I mean, think if uh, Mr. Ford would have said, okay, I'm going to get rid of all the horses when we're transitioning to the car. Um, and so we have to really go back and give um, a, a, a pathway for our energy companies to go and generate a lot more energy. And it's, it's you know, what's the, you know, interesting about this? It's not just for America. I was just listening to the CEO of Chevron Phillips talk. Uh, I used to compete against him, um, but a really nice man, good man and CEO. And he said, you know, it's not just about us. People don't realize that when you go to places like in Africa or uh, even even down in the uh, I've been down in Nicaragua, different places where they don't they don't live like we do. They don't even come close to how we live in how we live. And they need energy, low cost energy, too, so that they can get out of poverty. You know, people live on, you know, one to two dollars a day and they would and they live on energy uh, less than a refrigerator. The the power we used to uh, use a to power a refrigerator uh, per month. So they need more low cost energy. And, and that usually, you know, that comes from America. But because of Biden's, uh, he doubled the royalty fees on our oil and gas. That's the first time that's been done in like 40 or 50 years. He's made it so permits are very difficult to get a hold of. He always goes on and talks about, and you'll hear the left and you hear all this political nonsense talk about Oh, there's 9,000 permits, but they're really not available. Right. So they've they've capped our ability to go out and gener- generate a lot of energy. And a refineries. So I'm giving you a lot on energy, but yeah, really refineries. For us. Refineries too. They're, yeah. they're, they're, we don't have the uh, refining uh, refining capabilities to even produce what we need on a daily basis in this country. And, well, uh, and during COVID, the other thing that took place is, you know, they shut down. You know, there's not. Uh, especially on the small to mid-sized developers, uh, a lot of those companies went out of business. And so now two things happen there. One is that when you take away competition, prices go up. Um, That's part of the regulatory elitist move. Uh, We've half as many banks as we once had, say, after Dodd-Frank. A lot of people are, oh, this will be great. They're going to put all these regulations in so that we don't have failures. And now we have, of course, we have failure after failure. But really what it was intended to do is that the elitist are elite, elite banks, I should say, big, big banks say, OK, we'll put all these uh, regulations in place. And I we know the midsize cannot handle it because it's too costly. They can't handle the uh, adding all the structure and the people to do that. So they go out of business. We have half as many banks and we have probably uh, nearly the same in terms in terms of energy. So it's it's really getting the regulations back down under control for across the board. But energy is really critical. And then spending, you know, let's talk about what just happened on this whole debt deal. Yeah, great. I I wanted to get to it. So here we go. We're going to go from 32. Well, first of all, I just got to back up for a second in the mid. okay, 1999, we, we were in a pretty good spot. We actually had a balanced budget. Can you imagine? Social Security Trust was fully funded. Uh, here we are a few years later, 20 some years later, and now we're $32 trillion in debt. We're going to go to this deal makes us go to $35 trillion. So this is what I, I always love to teach young people hey, and Michael, people that are, you know, don't, uh, let's, don't follow this. Hey, Michael, let's point this out, that that $35 trillion or $36 trillion, depending on, depending on where you read it, 
That's in two years. Yeah. That's in that's by that's by Thank January of twenty twenty five. That's that's not ten years out. That's two years out. So go ahead. I'm sorry. No, the projection. No, you're right. But the projection is, you know, we're going to be fifty trillion dollars in ten years, if not more. Okay, so let's just walk people through that. So we're going to go to thirty thirty five trillion dollars, uh, or thirty six trillion dollars in a couple of years. So that's three to four trillion dollars. I can't believe we talk like this. Three to four trillion dollars. Mm-hmm. People can't imagine how how much money that really is. So what happens? What's going to happen? We can't afford it. We won't pay it. Uh, we're going to pay interest on that. So that's going to make it uh, so that we have less money for other items that are more important, uh, such as national defense. Um, Social Security is going to go bankrupt in nine years. Uh, so, but what happens to that money? Well. We, we can't pay for it. So somehow, someplace, we've got to create the money to make to make those payments. And that money is just literally created out of thin air. And when we do that, we, we create this $3 trillion or $4 trillion. It's like helicopter money. Uh, I don't mean that to be in a good way. But what, what happens is it's going to find its way into our economy. And now, because there's 3 to $4 trillion more circulating in our country and throughout the world, everything will go up substantially more. And so your prices for bacon, eggs, uh, gas, home products, anything that you're purchasing is going to go up just because of supply and demand. We have more dollars laying around. Everything goes up. And at the same time, we're not, you know, we're still not seeing our jobs and our our opportunities come up, so that's not going to stay up. So it's going to be even more difficult for people to live. And I argue this. I didn't. I never wanted to say this. You know, I, I just I hated this concept. I hated this idea coming into my brain. But I truly believe that this is done on purpose, meaning that this is a strategy to hurt the uh, lower income and middle income folks. So they get to the point where they're at bended knee saying, you know, please give me some free health care. Give me free education. I'll take anything you can you can give me free housing, free, you know, whatever, because uh, you've made it so difficult to to live. And I don't want to say that as a cop out. I don't want to say that like, oh, that's what you should do, because we shouldn't do it. We should fight tooth and nail and uh, and every always and always stand up to try to be as to be independent. That's what being an American is, is being independent. And uh, that's who that's how we're we're supposed to live. And that's how we're supposed to take care of our own families. Working hard is who we are. It's not supposed to be easy because if everything was easy, we'd be fat, you know, lazy and happy, you know, (laughs) maybe not even happy because, you know, we always feel better when we go out and work do a hard job and show that ourselves like, wow, I actually tested myself and overcame uh, some major challenges. And, and I, I, I want to speak to that is that my wife and I, uh, you know, we, we struggled. Uh, we were very young parents. Uh, we had four uh, kids when uh, we were 24 and uh, 27 years old. And uh, so what we did, though, is we wanted to make sure that our kids had the best opportunity going forward. So my wife stayed at home. That meant that we lived in a 900 square foot house and uh, we ate pot pies and then she she did get a job. So when I came home from work uh, a couple days a week, two, two, three days a week, she would go to work. But those were, you know, and so I want to pe- people to understand. We understand how, what it's like to 
struggle and to, you know, have to work hard and work through it. And I thank God that, uh, you know, to kiss the ground that, uh, you know, we live in America, United States of America, that allowed us to be able to work through the challenging times so that we could eventually, uh, you know, create some new opportunities for ourselves and and make things, you know, make good things happen, not only for ourselves, but for the, um, well, not only our state, but for, for our country as well. Uh, but that's one of my messages that we need to pull all this spending back so that the working cat class, the, the lower income uh, folks have a true opportunity to move forward and truly live the American way and, and live the American dream. I talk to these. I talk to some kids, and I say "American Dream." And they look at me like, "What are you talking yeah. about?" They don't even know yeah. what it is. <laughs> they have no, no idea what that we, is anymore. Right? Yeah. So it's always good for us to kind of share our story. Like, wait a minute. So you were a dad when you were eighteen, and and uh, you, you're 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 still uh, living and breathing to talk about it. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. You know, uh, if you're just joining us, you are listening to Michael Hoover. He is running for U.S. Senate in a, a crazy state of Governor Whitmer in Michigan, uh, which they came through some tough times during COVID as we all watch that across the country. And, you know, he was, he's trying to go to Washington, D.C. to eliminate fossil fools. And hopefully he will have that <laughs> opportunity uh, to win that. We have a couple of more minutes before we end this part of the, the program. And I want to go to civil liberties because those uh, our liberties seem to be trounced on and and every day it seems like a little bit more is being taken away from us and more and more and more so uh, where are you on on our liberties i'm a guy you know i live and breathe the constitution uh i you know actually i just had uh my uh pastor over yesterday and he said you're not going to believe this uh, they are voting whereby if I say that um, that a marriage should be between a man and a woman or something to that effect, and somebody happens to be in the congregation that day and they feel they get offended by that, he could get arrested and he could get fined. I think it's upward of $25,000. So, you know, I, I was... You know, of course, it just kind of just floors you mm-hmm. and uh, to hear things like that. Uh, but they've they've done things like uh, they've been attack, attacking the Second Amendment. Uh, they're certainly attacking the First Amendment uh, where they won't they don't even want you to be able to speak, and particularly in a church. You know, that just kind of uh, blows you away in, on a different level. But um it's something we have to absolutely fight back and, you know, get ourselves in the majority so that we can undo these uh, bills. The house bill I was referring to here in the state of Michigan that uh, the pastor was talking about was house bill number 4474. So I think the, you know, eventually the good folks from, from uh, Beckett um, who protects religious freedoms throughout the country, uh, usually they represent religious freedom for all religious freedoms. That is too. Um, you know, in the Supreme Court, I'm sure this will be another one that uh, comes down the pike uh, for them. I got to meet uh, and attend their gala uh, a couple of weeks ago in New York, and they're just a phenomenal group of people. And what's wonderful about them is that they truly represent all religious freedom. They want to make sure that 
this country upholds uh, our First Amendment. And, you know, Michael, I I want people to understand how important this uh, 24 election is going to be for the Senate. You mentioned getting control again of the Senate. There is a huge opportunity, and people need to realize that for a red wave to happen, it's more likely to happen in the Senate in 24 than it was back in 22. The reason why, there are 20 Democrat seats being defended, while only 10 Republicans are, so there's a huge opportunity, and we need to have, uh, you know, the Republican side needs to have a large majority, not just one or two seats. It needs to be up there so that confirmations can get through in uh, 25, assuming there is a Republican president. Uh, Michael, I'm gonna, uh, we've got a minute to go, so I'm going to give you last word, sir. Well, thank you so much for allowing me to join your program and, and talk. I think that it's just so really critically important that uh, people, we get people on board with our mission to restore America for the next generation. I think it's so important that we we set ourselves aside, just like we do as parents. We always put our children first. And this is a critical time. It's make or break to put America uh, in, as the priority and do whatever we can and make it happen because I think 2024 is a great opportunity for for us to restore America and move our country forward. And again, I want to thank Michael Hoover of Michigan running for U.S. Senate uh, for coming here on Our Lives in Politics. It's so important that right now is the time that we vet these candidates, we find out who has the same type of values that we do, and we get behind them and support them. So if you agree with the things that Michael Hoover talked about, find him and support him in his race in 2024. Coming up in just a minute, we're going to get with Craig Saulman Sawyer. He is a former Navy SEAL, and he's also a former Air Marshal, and he's been busy in child sex trafficking and child trafficking in this country. He's on the front lines of that. We're going to get with him next on Our Lives and Politics on America Out Loud Talk Radio. World-class care from doctors you can trust, all from the comfort of your home. That is One Wellness. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company launched the One Wellness membership to provide free monthly supplements and unlimited telemedicine access with doctors that share your values. The Wellness Company's chief medical board designed every supplement and medical protocol with your health in mind. From groundbreaking supplements like the Spike Support Formula to unique care like freedom from Big Pharma. Join a healthcare system that puts your health and well-being above the interest of Big Pharma's bottom line. It's the way healthcare should be with a company that shares your values. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first month of One Wellness. If you're like me, you'd like life to return to some kind of normal. You're burned out on all the fear-mongering, but deep down you try and minimize viral exposure and your risk of getting sick. You've heard it talked about time and again by respected medical professionals. Use a pulvinone iodine nasal solution. I don't need to tell you just how powerful a nasal cleansing formula with xylitol, pulvinone iodine, and vitamin D3 for immune support could be. In fact, my attorney told me not to tell you. Google it and find out for yourself. 
Now, get yourself a bottle of American-made Cofix RX nasal solution. Let's get out and live again. CofixRx.com. That's C-O-F-I-X-R-X.com. Use coupon code OUTLOUD and get 20% off. Trouble concentrating or recalling information is frustrating, embarrassing, and kills productivity. Nutrition company Healthy Cell created Focus and Recall to boost your brain power. Unlike other supplements that don't work, Focus and Recall is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed ingredients to help you immediately sharpen focus, concentrate longer, and strengthen recall. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. Oral hygiene hasn't changed in 50 years, but our diet and the way we eat has, creating an environment in your mouth for bacteria to wreak havoc on your teeth and gums. For better oral health, get Spry Dental Defense, an oral care line designed to combat acid-creating bacteria. The toothpaste, mouthwash, mints, and gum all contain xylitol, a natural ingredient shown to dramatically improve oral health. Spry can be found online and at all fine natural retailers. America Out Loud beats to the pulse of our nation. We know when you're angry, you're troubled, confused, glad, and thankful. Well, we know you because we are you. AmericaOutloud.com. Join us as we explore the most important issues of our time. America Out Loud Talk Radio. Liberty and justice for all. Welcome back to Our Lives in Politics here on the America Out Loud Radio Network. I'm Booker Scott, your host for this hour, which is brought to you by 4Patriots.com. And I mentioned a number going into that break that is astounding. $38 billion. That is how much money that it could be spent on child sex trafficking in this country. And it should stop. We all remember To Catch a Predator with Chris Hansen years ago and the work that he did. And and it kind of opened our eyes, but our eyes need to be opened more. And there's a gentleman that is doing everything he can in this country to bring attention to this huge problem. It's massive. And we're going to get him in here to talk to him. This gentleman started an organization called Vets for Child Rescue. You can find the website at vetsforchildrescue.org. His name is Craig Saulman Sawyer, a former Navy SEAL and a former U.S. Marshal. Now he puts those things to work in helping find some of these children. You know, 460,000 children go missing every year in this country, and some of them end up into the sex business. Craig, how big a problem is it? Well, thanks for having me on, Booker. It's a pleasure. Well, it's at epidemic scale. And the thing that really concerns those of us standing up for the children and trying to alert the populace is the level of cover-up or top cover, if you will, that this crime enjoys. How many seem to benefit from the way that it is and are uninclined to allow the truth to spread so that the populace is adequately educated and informed on it. Everybody deserves to understand what's happening and the children deserve the level of protection that that would bring. But that's all being circumvented. It's all being obstructed due to this, uh, this censorship 
of the troop. And it's very, very concerning. And the Vespertal Rescue's mission really is to inform the populace on the factual evidence of what's really happening to the children so that we can all rally against it. Where are the customers coming from, Craig? They're, they're obviously, well, uh, the end result is, is an, a transaction to have sex with a child, which is disgusting. But, but who are those customers? I'd like to say that you could spot them a mile away and they had some sort of tattoo on their forehead, but unfortunately it doesn't work that way. And our joint operations with law enforcement, we've caught and arrested people from every segment of society. You just can't tell because evil, which this is, uh, can manifest itself uh, through the heart of any man or woman. And that's, it's an individual thing. People, you know, we, we have free will to choose good or evil, and some choose to do wrong. And that's, uh, we see literally everyone. So the United States is the biggest uh, contributor financially and the biggest generator of pornography on planet Earth these days. Mm. So we, we, we film more pornographic movies and we spend more money on it than anywhere else. And that's not a great legacy for our once proud nation. Not at all. Due to the harm that comes from it. And if people think that, well, porn, it's just, you know, enjoying looking at sex, that'd be a very ignorant in these days view of it because most of those participants are not voluntary. There's a lot of indentured uh, servitude there's a lot of drug abuse and manipulation and a lot of those people's lives are not their own and the the depictions that you're witnessing are not uh, voluntary and so uh, that's that's something that everybody needs to realize by watching it and just clicking on that content you're supporting something that's very very harmful and even if you're not clicking or or watching a child pornography if you're still clicking on any sort of pornography, you're ultimately funding an organization or, or a company that is probably conducting child porn as well. So we have to be careful what we support out there. And um, porn, like any other addiction, it gets to where when people start off with a little bit, they don't realize that it gets worse and worse and worse because a little doesn't do it after a while. And that's, I know that by talking to the child predators that come for children in our joint sting operations that we run. And I'll ask the predator after we've caught him. And sometimes even before he knows that we're about to handcuff him, hey, what got you fixated on children rather than a full-grown, healthy female adult? And they'll inevitably say, well, it's porn because I started off watching a certain type of porn and then... You know, fast forward years later, here I sit. So it is dangerous and it's insidious. It's heartbreaking to hear you speak of this. And I know uh, the listeners here at America Out Loud are, are probably, uh, their, their hearts are breaking as well as we listen to this. When you, when you look at the children, where are they coming from? I, I see that anywhere from 460,000 to 750,000 children go missing every year in America the ages, how old are they and, and where are they coming from? Yeah, well, we're seeing every age, literally from infant level all the way up through 
aging out, if you will, for that's in most states, that's 18. But a lot of them are coming across the border now. It's the the federal law enforcement agents that I know are demoralized because their hands are politically tied. They are ordered not to stop people from coming into the United States, but to assist them in to coming into the United States illegally due to a political agenda. Well, that's demoralizing for a lot of the Border Patrol agents. We're seeing record rates of suicide from the agents that, that are conflicted and, and demoralized. And so there's an, a radical increase in unaccompanied minors that are coming into the United States. Well, what's becoming of these, these children? Uh, we're tracking flights that are that are run illegally, and that begs a whole other list of questions that I, I don't have time to get into here. But there's a lot of people benefiting from the chaos and the lack of control and the lack of safety on our southern border right now. So a lot of children are being brought from all over planet Earth into the United States without any parents. And of course, the Mexican drug cartels collect a fee and control and send the children wherever they're told to send the children. I would hope and pray that they're going somewhere to their biological parents. But in most cases, I don't believe that that's the case at all because of how much depravity and corruption we're witnessing. So some of them are coming from child protective services where the CPS and state dependent, obviously, can target single moms that are the easier victims, especially if the, she may be from a foreign country and maybe work in multiple jobs and do her best as a single mom, CPS can go in and accuse her of being an unfit parent and take her children. And she may not know what legal recourse she has. So CPS can take her children, put them in a foster care system, and then the child then goes from one foster care family to the next. Some foster care parents are very loving and good, decent people. Many of them are. But some, as in any aspect of society, are not and abusive. And from family to family, at some point, what we're being told is these children go off the books. And then once there's no record on the child, that anything goes. And that child can be sold for organ harvesting or satanic ritual abuse or murder or whatever, child trafficking. So that's heartbreaking. Um, many more come from runaways. The child predators know where children go when they are running away. They go to bus stations. They go to different places where they can get shelter and transportation, and the predators are waiting for them. And they have a game, you know, whole system that they can approach the child and assure the child that um, they're going to be looked after and fed and provided shelter and then groomed and then eventually made to perform sex for for those services. So it's it's really a cross section that the children come from everywhere. Every manner by which a predator can gain access to a child they're going to capitalize on it. So we just have to become much more educated as a society and much more protective of our children, a lot less naive in thinking mm -hmm. that somehow, you know, it, it's going to be okay. That, um, you know, all of this perversion and, and demoralization of our culture is going to somehow work out to be okay. 
there's a catastrophic price to be paid. And there's a lot of destruction happening right now. So it's just back to getting to what works. A loving mother and father raising well-grounded, healthy, secure children who can look after themselves. You know, that's, um, that's the way it's intended to be. And what we have now is utter chaos, chaos and, and mayhem. And it's, um, you know, it's leading to predictable, catastrophic results. You're listening to Craig Solman Sawyer, former Navy SEAL and U.S. Marshal. He started uh, Vets for ChildRescue.org, and that is uh, Vets for the number four. So when you go and look for him, make sure that you put in that number four. Craig, you also did a movie. Let's talk a little bit about the movie that you have that can also people can go watch and, and spread it around to help get that message out. Yes, sir. And real quick uh, for clarity. There's a difference between the U.S. Marshal Service and the Federal Air Marshal Service, and uh, I was a Federal Air Marshal. Okay, well, thank you, thank you for your service oh, yeah. on on both of them too. As a, a, also on the Navy to, Seal. Thank you. I just didn't want anybody uh, confused on that. So, um, well, we spent three years filming Contraland, and you can watch it at ContralandMovie.com. It's a good faith public service alert. We offered it at no charge. And we filmed it specifically to show the American populace what we all deserve to know about the factual evidence on what's happening to children with this whole child trafficking issue. So in it, we interview experts of every kind, national security legends like Jack Farmer, uh, Dr. Judith Reisman, who spent 50 years exposing uh, science fraud, Alfred Kinsey, who was paid to normalize the notion of child rape and whose science fraud actually is still to this day the basis of what we call the sexual revolution in the United States. Um, all of these experts, we bring in surviving victims, witnesses. Uh, we show you the joint operations we run with federal and local law enforcement where child predators come running for the children when we put up ads offering a 12 or 13-year-old child uh, for sex or for sale. And it's sickening, but it's empowering to see just how quickly and how many predators will come. As one example, in Connecticut, when we're talking about a nice area, we put out a, an ad for a 12-year-old girl for sex, and in 30 days, a local ad now, not a national ad, a local ad, 5,000 predators responded in one month for one ad. Were you able to arrest so, any of those, Craig? Yes, we were. Yep, we got five of them there in uh, the first three days. So it's um, <laughs> it, it was an eye-opener to the law enforcement there because they, they realized, you know, after the second or third one came, they're like, my God, we didn't realize it was this prevalent here. We've got children in this town. I'm like, yeah, yeah, you do. And that's, that's what we're finding. This um, people, even law enforcement, don't know how many predators are out there until we show them in our operations. And it's, it's an eye opener for everyone. How often are you going around the country and doing sting operations? When we can, we, we've just came off of one about three weeks ago and we've, I just got off a, a, a joint meeting with a, a DA in another county 
earlier today, and we're going to set up as soon as we can some more. So it really is dependent upon if a district attorney or an, an AUSA will prosecute. So if we have the prosecuting entity willing to serve and protect in good faith, then we can run the operations. But there is no point in running an operation if the governing body or the 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 judicial system won't prosecute. And so yeah. without getting into a big political issue in this conversation, there is a globalist billionaire, he's a household name pretty much now, infamous, I would say. And it's it's not a theory, it's it's demonstrable fact. Nobody seems to be hiding it that this billionaire funds the campaigns of district attorneys, judges, and attorneys general with the agreement that if he funds their campaigns it gets them in those seats they will not prosecute child sex crimes well craig you're talking about george soros and yes, you you didn't hear the first half of this hour but that's what it was about i actually had the uh, matt wow. palumbo who wrote the book on the man behind the curtain understanding george soros so don't be don't be afraid to mention george soros's name in this program because that's what we're talking about so keep going please okay well, I'm actually glad to hear that because there's such a low tolerance for the truth in so many platforms. So many of the criminals are so protected and some of the so many of the American patriots and the concerned mothers are deemed to be somehow uh, domestic terrorists just for being, you know, truth speakers. Sure. And so I have to ask, how is it that we are allowing such a glaring conflict of interest to have an, a very anti-American billionaire openly funding the campaigns of judges and DAs with the agreement that they will not prosecute entire categories of harmful crimes. I don't care what the crime is, what the issue is. If it's a harmful crime, how can any country allow someone hostile to that country, even if he wasn't hostile to our country, even if he was just a psychopath if he's funding them with the agreement that they won't prosecute entire categories of crime, how is that allowed? How is that legal? How is that not a glaring conflict of interest that is of national emergency in its urgency of correction? Yet it's crickets. Mm -hmm. It's status quo. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge, say no more, say no more. Everybody's been bought off and down the toilet, you know, our country goes like, when do we say enough and start actually draining the swamp and getting back to what is effective and serving the American people in good faith and getting back to a healthy United States where, where things make sense and we serve and protect in good faith and we can start to heal as a nation because right now what's happening is utterly destructive. That's former Navy SEAL and U.S. Air Marshal Craig Sawman Sawyer. He's doing great work out there, and it is really a sickening thing that we have in our country where these children are being violated. And you know, I mentioned earlier that Mel Gibson is going to be releasing a four-part documentary soon. And that is the rumor, anyway, that's out there. Let me read this quote from Mel Gibson. It's an open secret in Hollywood. These people have their own religious and spiritual teachings and their own social and moral frameworks. They have their sacred texts. They are sick, believe me. 
and they couldn't be more at odds with what America stands for. So we look forward to that four-part documentary coming from Mel Gibson on child sex trafficking. And you know, this this country, it's almost like, <laughs> can we get it back? Is it possible for us to get it back? And I do believe that it still is. It's going to take people like you. It's going to take people like Michael Hoover. We heard from him at the beginning of the hour. He had an American dream. He worked in the factories as a young man, was a young father at 18 years old. He believed in that dream and he went for it. And now he is trying to do something and run for the U.S. Senate. It's time to pay back for him. And we see Craig Saulman Sawyer. He's one person. He's making a difference. So it's up to people like you and me to make a difference in this country if we are to get it back. So how do you do that? Well, I talked about it earlier. You get involved locally. You get involved in your local GOP, in your Republican clubs. You get involved with your local races for county commission, for mayor, for the school board. All of those things are available for you to get busy and, and start right now with it. If you truly believe that our country hangs in the balance, would you be doing something different? Would you be doing something tomorrow about it? Because I believe that's where we are. And I think it is time to do something. Get active. Get involved. It's something that, that we talk about on this network all the time on America Out Loud is get involved. I know Malcolm says it all the time. Another thing that I want to bring to your attention is the shorter shows that I've been doing during the week. You can find them at unifiedoneamerica.com. Some of them also are available at americaoutloud.com. I know you don't have a whole lot of time, so these are 25-minute shows, roughly, and it kind of gets you up to date on what's happening during the week in Washington, D.C. I haven't really done anything on the debt limit, on the debt ceiling limit that was uh, reached last week in, in Congress, but I did do a shorter version of the show on it. You know, I, I want to bring this to your attention. I want you to hear Byron Donalds because there are things happening in Washington, D.C. From the whistleblowers and the FD 1023 that, that we have, there is a talk of impeachment now for Mayorkas and for Merrick Garland. We have indictments coming for Trump, maybe two or three more. So there's a lot happening during the week. And I do those shorter form versions of a show. And you can find those at unifiedoneamerica.com. But right now, let's listen to Byron Donalds and what he had to say about the debt ceiling. So first things first to the American people, Washington is doing it again. While you were celebrating Memorial Day, all of our men and women who gave their lives for this great nation, and you were spending time with your family and your friends, this town was cutting another crap deal that's going to put you more in debt with no real changes whatsoever. So the American people need to understand full and well, do not listen to the talking points. Do not listen to the cool phrases that are being thrown out in commercials on CNN or Fox or MSNBC, because Washington is lying again. This bill has no cap in raising the debt, just a date in the future. We have no idea what that number is gonna look like. Some people are saying 4 trillion, some people are saying 3.5 trillion. This bill in year one might cut $12 billion, if you just want to be generous. So who here thinks it's cool to cut $12 billion in exchange for $4 trillion? I don't think that's cool at all. This bill actually keeps the Biden baseline intact for the federal agencies. The Republicans in Congress 
have been saying for months that we need to get back to pre-COVID spending levels. This bill canonizes post-COVID spending levels brought to us by Joe Biden and the Democrats. This bill keeps all of Joe Biden's policy, all of Joe Biden's spending intact. This bill does nothing for the Green New Deal subsidies that are gonna cripple our electric grid. So when Americans are trying to figure out that they went and bought this electric car that they were subsidized to buy, but when they plug it in, there's not enough electricity on the grid, that is because Washington subsidized all these Green New Deal projects and nobody stood up to it except for people standing behind me right now. So I think it's fair to say that our country is broken right now, but we can make a difference and we encourage you to go out there and do something. Thank you so much for listening to America Out Loud and let me encourage you also to download the app America Out Loud Talk Radio. You can find it both at the iPhone and the Android stores. And then you can listen 24 hours a day, seven days a week, all year around to conservative talk radio here at America Out Loud. My name is Booker Scott, and remember, you are the salt of the earth, and salt without flavor has no value. It's just thrown on the ground to be stepped on. Be salty and get involved. Thanks a lot for listening. We'll do it again next week here on America Out Loud Talk Radio. You've been listening to Our Lives in Politics on the America Out Loud Network.